0: the shortest day of the year it's all up from here this is Fiorella de Maria bringing you the early show all the way from a dark overcast England should I say anything on the program that strikes a chord interests you or heaven help me causes you to choke on your scrambled eggs on toast please let me know as always our call in telephone number is eight four four five two seven eight seven two three. 527 8723 that's eight four four five two seven eight seven two three, 527 8723 and the crusader stadium chat room is open for your commentary as well at crusadechannel.com forward slash chat yes it's the shortest day of the year And I'm just curious to know whether it is only in this country that we have some really bizarre traditions, because it is also at the end of term. Finally, my children who are at school get to break up for the Christmas holidays. They really keep them going quite a long time. And we're going to be driving down to my parents at some point. And of course, they live just the other side of Stonehenge, which is a problem when it's the shortest day of the year. It was basically on winter solstice and six months later at summer solstice, a select minority of the population go completely bonkers and descend upon the West Country, the otherwise sleepy, not desperately exciting West Country, to walk around the stones of Stonehenge and um, Glastonbury and places like that to um, hug stones and say um and things and dress up and and i've I've talked about this before i'm sorry i sound so scathing but um it's the rest of us laugh at it i suppose we shouldn't really but it's become this kind of pagan ritual twice a year that i don't honestly remember being such a big thing when i was a child and I'm just wondering, is it just important that we have this? I and mean, do you have anything similar in the states? Uh, people going to ancient sites um, of not entirely well-known origins uh, to to chant and things. Is is this something that happens, or am I just um? Uh, am I just really fortunate coming from a corner of Britain where this happens twice a year? Um, it just it strikes me that it's become a kind of religion substitute for a certain a certain kind of person. Um, and it's I don't know. It's 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 just it's an oddity, should we say it's it's its unusual. And it's particularly interesting somewhere like Glastonbury because Glastonbury is a great Catholic shrine because Glastonbury Tour is where that there was an abbey and at the dissolution of the monasteries the monks refused to leave their monastery they refused to leave and they were martyred on Glastonbury Tor they were hanged from the spire of the abbey hanged drawn and quartered so of course for Catholics it's a Place of pilgrimage. I remember this, you know, as a child. This is where you went for your parish pilgrimage. It has also become a centre of pagan worship because there is also this this idea. There's a legend that King Arthur. I think is buried with all his white horses under Glastonbury Tor, and when England is in great need, they will all arise. Um, this was made famous by the Victorians; they they were obsessed with this this particular mythology. Um, it's also one of the occult centres of Britain, so it's actually quite creepy. You know, you can go down the, the the main street in Glastonbury, and there'll be Christian bookshops next to satanic bookshops. It's it's very the, the whole place has a very odd feel to it. You really get the sense of the clash um, between the sacred and the the sacred and the dark side Um, but is there is there any similar site in the states that is like that anyway just asking Big thanks, by the way, for all of you who prayed for Francesca yesterday. It's that the the teeth pulling exercise was a lot more straightforward yesterday than it was the previous week. And she is recovering nicely um, from her latest dental nightmare. Though she is still saying that she will never go anywhere near a dentist ever again as soon as she's a grown up. So we've got a bit of work to do on uh, uh, the relationship between my children and the dentist. But she is certainly recovering well and should be eating and drinking happily again in time for Christmas. Um, While we're um, on the subject of prayer, though, can I please also ask you to pray for the community at my son's school, St. Peter's, because they had a sudden death uh, just the other day. A boy who had just left the school, in fact, he'd moved on to another college, died suddenly. And of course, the whole community is, is very, very distressed. So please pray Please pray for that school community. I feel somehow that we need a, a nice uplifting story today. Uh, by the way, I'm sorry I still sound as if I've you know, run a marathon or something. I'm still very much recovering from COVID. Um, I'm hopefully not going to crack up at any stage during the segment, but that's why I'm a little bit wheezy. It is... International Dalek Remembrance Day. I have tried to explain the significance of Daleks in British culture before with limited success. They are voted repeatedly the most frightening sci-fi villains of all time. They're shaped like salt and pepper pots and they have a big gun sticking out of their heads. Um, And... They go around saying exterminate and they're kind of like sentient armoured cars, really. They are genuinely very scary. It's what we all remember hiding from as children. Um, Personally, I think the Cybermen are more frightening, but there we go. They first made their appearance on television in 1963 in a series called The Daleks. Um, They are supposed to be hybrids of two different species or something like that. I never really did the whole backstory to this sort of thing. And you are supposed to celebrate Dalek Day by spending the day watching Doctor Who episodes, preferably Doctor Who episodes involving Daleks, and host a Doctor Who party. Decorate the venue with Doctor Who-inspired decorations and invite all the Whovians in your life. One of the odd quirky facts about Daleks is that originally they could not climb the stairs. They were supposed to be the biggest supervillains in the universe, but they could not climb up the stairs. So That was one way that characters could save themselves, though more recently they have developed hovering abilities. Being known as a Dalek in British English is used to refer to people who have a rather robotic way of behaving or talking, so it's not good to be referred to as a Dalek. Philip in the chat room is saying paganism is on the rise in combination with the increased affordability of travel. I see Buddhism on the rise in New England. Statues of Buddha sprouting up in the oddest quiet places in Connecticut. Good morning, Ashley. Well, I wonder about this a little bit because um, years ago, someone gave me a ticket, bought me a ticket for my birthday to spend a day at a spa. This is not something I normally do, to be honest. I get bored very quickly. So the idea of lying about all day just drives me crazy. But my sister and I went for the spa day and, you know, it's actually quite fun. You get massage, you get facials, you get to um, you get to the, the, the beautiful swimming pools, there's a steam room, a sauna, you name it, there's a gym. And, you know, you can really um, just keep fit all day you get a bento box for lunch which was so pathetic we all had fish and chips at the end of the day to wreck any of the good that was done for our health during that day but anyway ashley's saying i love going to the spa well maybe i just need to need to make friends with the spa but i would just find you know i'd be told to go into the relaxation room and i'd lie there and after about five minutes, I'd be slightly fidgeting and thinking, oh, I do what else I could explore. I just, it's really difficult to, for me to stay still. I'm quite manic. And um, when we went into the sauna, it was, I think, the first time I'd ever been in a sauna. And someone poured, I think it was my sister, poured water over the coals and this huge cloud of spe- steam came out. And I started to panic. I was like, it's so hard, it's hard, I can't breathe. Um, and she's like, they're saying, I think you're the wrong person to come to a spa with, really. Just please keep still. Just try to relax. But one of the things I noticed was there were, there were sort of severed Buddha heads everywhere. Um, and I just thought, well, how do Buddhists feel about this? Seeing their deity littering, you know, Western relaxation rooms where none of us have a clue what this is all about and find it vaguely strange. I mean, it, it it strikes me that it's making a mockery of the whole thing, you know, just disengaging it from any kind of observance, just sticking them there. Um, yeah, actually saying, yeah, unfortunately, that's the common decoration used. But, you know, I would be really unimpressed if people sort of decorated spars with you know, statues of the Blessed Virgin. I think, well, what do you think you're doing? You know, how dare you plonk her all over the place? Um you know, to, to uh, some kind of aesthetic. Um, as she's saying, going to the sauna is actually very good for your health. Well, so I have heard. And in fact, there is a sauna at the leisure center where I go. It's attached to the gym. And I was thinking I might start to go to the sauna after exercise because apparently it's a good thing to do after exercise because it keeps the metabolism going. But... I just found it really boring, so I think I might have to go with somewhere, someone else. I took about—I was in there about five minutes before, you know, I started, yeah, to fidget a bit. Can you imagine what I was like in the classroom? You know, you know, the child who can't sit still—that person. Yeah, um, Maggie's saying never been to a spa, and I'm perfectly fine with that. And um, the funniest thing was when we were at the spa. You know, there was in this relaxation room with all these severed Buddha heads and things. There was uh, a little place where you could make tea. But not like normal British tea, sort of herbal teas and things like that. Again, chamomile tea to help you relax. And I was getting desperate for a caffeine shot by this time. I needed my caffeine hit. Um, But it was the fact that, you know, we, we tried so hard to be really healthy and then just couldn't resist the fish and chips at the end of the day with lots of salt. But there were people there, I noticed, who obviously went very regularly. Um, They clearly were regular members of this spa, and I thought, gosh, I wonder what it's like for this to be sort of your Saturday morning activity or something. Um, Philip, this for me is the most terrifying robot. It can't deal with stairs either. Robocop. There we are. Robocop. Now, was that a children's series, Robocop? It rings a bell. Jacqueline, good morning. Getting a late start. Our school play is tonight. I don't need to be in until 1 p.m. today. Well, you just enjoy a nice, relaxing morning, Jacqueline. I tell you what, some pictures of bunnies would be just splendid. I take it your school play is the nativity play, is it? Can can you um tell us more about what's going to happen? Um, Ashley, oh, I need to take you to the spa to get a facial or massage, Maggie. There we are. I think it's a nice thing for ladies to do together. I think it's nice to do as a group activity. I just got very, very fed up when I was on my own in the sauna. Um my sister is a laugh though, she's great company, so she certainly helped helped me to um relax and jolly the situation along. Um The Christmas play of life in support of the pro life cause. Oh that looks beautiful and there's a picture of the Nativity. Hang on, I'm just looking at it a bit more closely. Um, A clear pro-life message, the play is a deep reflection on life and death. From the first death on earth, the students present the genocides of biblical times and the responses of the heroes of life. The ultimate triumph of life over death is the redemption by the Saviour Christ our Lord who takes life in order to die for us to live eternally with him in heaven. All 75 actors from grades K to 8 will inspire by this theatrical and musical performance a perfect entertainment in preparation for Christmas oh that looks absolutely beautiful wow well all the best I won't say good luck because you don't say good luck do you say break a leg or toy toy um I'm sure it will be yes Ashley saying sounds wonderful that does sound like a beautiful play so all the best with that are you there in the role of director or producer or whatever have they got you doing props or something Jacqueline Philip, that is really scary. I think NECA has really out, have really outdone Yes, I think Robocop looks frightening. But Daleks, there's something about them. We you know, it it was this the classic thing was, you know, when I was a child was you know, hiding behind the sofa to avoid seeing the Daleks because they were so scary. That sound of them going exterminate, exterminate was really terrifying. Um Jacqueline saying, our grandson is one of the holy innocents. Oh, my. That sounds like it's going to be really difficult to watch. Um, so I'm teacher. All jobs apply. Of course it does. You'll be doing everything, won't you? You'll be doing costume. You'll be doing props. You'll be prompting, producing. I know. I, I remember my children's school plays and seeing the teachers running around the side aisles, making sure everything was happening. Philip saying, not a kid's movie. Okay, Robocop is not a kid's movie. Right. Absolutely I tell you what film, and because we we do we do talk about films on this show, and that's great. I showed my daughter *Devil Wears Prada* yesterday, and both my daughters watched it in the end. Because um, it's only a PG. In fact, there's a little bit of um, there's there's a, there's a few slightly unsavoury moments. But for those of you who haven't come across it, it's a, it's about um, a young reporter, Anne Hathaway, who goes to work for. What's supposed to be the top fashion magazine? It's obviously supposed to be Vogue or something like that, and she's got this monster employer, the the editor of this um, magazine. Oh, Maggie, saying I like Devil Wears Prada. Watched it. Uh, not that long ago again yes it's it's actually basically a modern morality story that's why i wanted them to watch it because it really shows just how shallow how greedy how nasty the fashion industry is and you see this young rather wide-eyed reporter going from sort of cynically taking part because she needs it for her job to getting drawn further and further in until she ends up Dressing like them behaving like them. She alienates all her friends. You can just see She is crossing over to the dark side as one of them suggests at one point And I really wanted them to see it because I wanted it to start um, a discussion about What well, fashion particularly because well girls are influenced by it and though it, it sparked a very interesting conversation Oh Jacqueline that's so sweet Oh, isn't it just something about children dressing up for a Christmas play that is just really adorable? Um, it's some of my happiest moments were seeing the children, you know, dressed up as a star or a donkey or Mary. We had Mary one year, slightly more Mary Mary, quite contrary than the Blessed Virgin Mary, but you know she she looked very adorable in the blue in the blue veil. Um, and yes, it's just. Those those are those memories of childhood you really, really remember. Um, It is 26 minutes past the hour. You are listening to The Early Show with your slightly snuffly hostess, Fiorella de Maria. If you have missed the show so far, never fear. You can get the whole of The Early Show as a podcast, same day, from crusademax.com. And we're just having a nice, gentle conversation today. I'm, I swapped shows with the South Africans. They very kindly stepped in for me yesterday because I was at the dentist with my daughter while she had some more teeth pulls. Oh, it was horrible. Um, but we are talking about... International Dalek Day, believe it or not, school plays and here we are, I promised a feel good story, so here is a feel good story about a teenage elf there we are, Oscar Pulling, aged 15 is a keen paddle boarder and he also works part time at uh, a care home for the elderly um, he um, His mother works there as a carer, his mother Amy, so he helps out as much as he can. And there was a flood. The field in front of the care home flooded. So as a little surprise, he dressed up as an elf and rode across the flooded field on his paddleboard to deliver presents to the residents and suites. And as you can imagine, it was... Very well received. Um, they were, you know, he had a big sack of prezies. It was just, it was really, really sweet. And he managed somehow or other to stay afloat. Paddleboards, I'd imagine, are quite difficult to navigate across a, f- a flooded field. Somehow or other, he stayed upright. The presents stayed dry. And the residents absolutely loved it. And I just think that is so beautiful. Well done, young Oscar. I think that's just such a lovely thing to do, and there are lots of pictures of him all dressed up, and um, I think some slightly teary elderly people getting their presents actually saying that's a great story and you know every year there are stories like this that just remind you that at Christmas you know it it can bring out the worst in people it also brings out the best um it it can be it can be so beautiful when you see something like that. I'm very reminded of the fact that there's a A couple near to me, they've got a daughter who skates with my daughter and they decided one year to open their home to anyone who was alone for Christmas. They couldn't bear the idea of people in their parish, in their area, not having anywhere to go for Christmas dinner. And they ended up with 20 guests in their little house, realised it was getting a bit too big. So they asked the priest if they could borrow the church hall and now they have a massive Christmas dinner every Christmas. And I was asking the mother about it just the other day. I said, you you know, how's how's it going? How's the preparations going? And she said, it's not just the great thing. It's not just that they're getting more and more people asking to come, but they also get more and more people volunteering. There's something about an act of goodwill like that that seems to provoke more goodwill. Um, It's almost as if you, you, you you need someone to take the lead and then the whole thing snowballs. At the leisure centre where the ice rink is, the Salvation Army asked if they could do a collection of children's toys and presents uh, for the the many people they were looking after who could not afford to give their children presents for Christmas. And they had a couple of very big cardboard boxes wrapped up in wrapping paper and, and invited people to make donations and the staff at the leisure centre managed the whole thing. And the other day I was there and I could see these boxes were piled high. I could see dollies and all sorts sticking out of the top. I said, that's wonderful. Aren't people generous? And the young woman behind the counter said, well, you know, we've already emptied these and given them to the Salvation Army. This isn't even the first time the boxes have been full. You know, there's something people do want to help at christmas even when things are difficult which they are very difficult at the moment there are a lot of families this year who are having to choose you know do they feed their families or do they heat their houses you know it's it's been it's been a particularly difficult year so it's really lovely to see that now i promised you feel good stories I have not seen very many pictures in the chat room of hideous Christmas decorations so far. The ginormous, slightly creepy dictatorial Santa um, that I mentioned before, which I thought had gone because I found it deflated and thought somebody had finally not been able to take it anymore and stabbed it or something, um, or partially abducted it, is now up and, and saluting again. So it's not going anywhere. Can anyone beat... Philip's picture of an army of inflatables invading a house. Can anyone find a, a better or worse Christmas decoration picture than that? Because I think at the moment Philip is the clear winner. You know, if you've got a few days before we close down for the Christmas holidays where you can find me the worst ever Christmas decorations... Oh, Ashley's saying, I'll try to remember to go around our neighbourhood tonight and take pictures. Right. You've obviously seen some decorations of the candidates. Go on. That's obviously what has happened there. There is actually a helpful article in the Guardian newspaper today about how to survive nine ways to stay healthy and happy this Christmas. This is actually necessary, apparently, how to negotiate family feuds. Excuse me a minute. Sorry, coughing fit coming on. How to survive family feuds. Naked flames. And the dangers of cooking things you don't normally cook, like poultry. And it is really, really funny, (laughs) the things that they suggest. Oh dear, my cough's coming on. Just one second. Right. Okay. These are probably pretty obvious. Ah, uh, Maggie's saying, how about an alligator reindeer? I do remember an alligator dressed as Santa, I think, came pretty close to the top of the list last year. So if there's any alligator... Oh, there it is. Oh, Maggie, that's really, really creepy. Where on earth did you find that? Um, Philip is saying, I tried to get a picture of the giant decorated skeleton, but the lights went on this morning. I was so disappointed. Yeah, that's people do have very interesting ideas about what, even constitutes a Christmas decoration. Um, Jacqueline is saying, oh, hey, I'm sorry. We're going to have to go to an ad break. I can't stop coughing. <coughs> Listen, stay tuned. I'll be fine in just five minutes. You're listening to The Early Show. Our call-in telephone number is 844-527-8723. <coughs> the chat room is open at crusadechannel.com. trash. chat will <coughs> return in just a moment. Here on the Crusade Channel... Live talk radio the way it should was be. was in
1: those ships all three on Christmas Day, on Christmas Day. And what was in those ships all three on Christmas Day in the morning. On Christmas Day in the morning. The Virgin Mary and Christ were there on Christmas Day, on Christmas Day. The Virgin Mary and Christ were there on Christmas Day in the morning. And all the angels in heaven shall sing on Christmas Day, on Christmas Day. And all the angels in heaven shall sing on Christmas Day in the morning. Then let us all rejoice again on Christmas Day, on Christmas Day. Then let us all rejoice again on Christmas Day in the morning, on Christmas Day in the morning.
0: risers and insomniacs and those of you catching the show's rebroadcast at midday for those of you just joining us you are listening to the early show with your hostess from across the pond Fiorella de maria our call in telephone number is eight four four five two seven eight seven two three. 527 8723 that's eight four four five two seven eight seven two three. 527 8723 and the crusader stadium chat room is open for your commentary as well at crusadechannel.com forward slash chat, commentary and photographs, I should say. Please do talk to me. Do join the conversation as you enjoy a hearty Advent breakfast. If you have missed the show so far, never fear. You can get the whole of the early show as a podcast, same day from crusademax.com. I'm just apologising. I'm recovering from COVID and discovering that the pesky cough keeps creeping up on me whenever I don't expect it. So, If we have to suddenly break for music, I apologise, but do stay tuned. We have been talking about International Dalek Day, the winter solstice and Christmas decorations, hideous Christmas decorations. We need more pictures. I think the alligator reindeer is a pretty good example. Um, Hmm. (laughs) I just, I just wonder who thought about that as an idea, an alligator as a Christmas decoration. I would love, however, to see the skeleton all dressed up. That would be really nightmare before Christmas, wouldn't it? Jacqueline's school has their school play today, a strongly pro-life message. Jacqueline's saying the soldiers that kill the babies, the holy innocents, um, turn around and have pro-choice spelt out on their backs. It's really in your face. Then during the Annunciation, the nine stages of development are brought out and the girls turn around to bow down to Mary and the angel with pro-life spelt out. Finally, at the resurrection, kids come out with the seven sacraments, bow to the risen Christ with caritas. It's powerful. Wow. When I saw that it was a pro-life Story. I thought it would be, you know, uh, that there'd be some sort of the old reference in there somewhere. But that that is really um, that is really hard hitting. Um, Jacqueline's also saying there have been threats from a pro-choice group. They may show up to protest the play. It's being held at the county civic centre. And she's saying, I hope it doesn't get interrupted, Jacqueline. To be quite honest, I, mean, I really hope it doesn't because it's very distressing for children when that happens. However, when counter protesters like that turn up and make a nuisance of themselves, they do themselves a huge disservice, particularly to children. My husband still talks about how when he was a very young child, there was a big conference for the family and he was taken to it and there was a creche for the children and then the adults went and um, and had all their talks and things like that. And a huge number of very, very angry protesters turned up um, the Socialist Workers Party, various feminist groups, and there had to be police cordons so that the people um, who were taking part in the conference, including all the children, could walk safely between these cordons into the conference centre with protesters screaming obscenities and abuse at them from either side. Um, he saw you know, a woman with a pram and people shouting shame at her and... You know, he just remembers being very, very small, with these protesters screaming, and for him that was his image of people who don't like the family very much. It's it stuck in his mind. So, uh, and there was uh, another group. I don't know if you came across Femen. I think they were exclusively a European monstrosity. They were a feminist group who used to protest topless. Yeah, they thought it would be really funny to protest topless and paint things on their bare breasts. And they eventually, they incredibly stupidly, I don't know why, they. I suppose they were just trying to get publicity, but when it was the commemoration, the anniversary of the bombing of Dresden, they turned up topless with thank you, bomber Harris painted all over their breasts. And they said it was them showing that their commitment to the fight against fascism. Um, can you imagine that at, at a commemoration of Dresden? Thanks, B- Bomber Harris. I mean, it was just—I mean, protesting anyway at a commemoration is disgraceful, but it was absolutely panned. I mean, everyone was so angry about this. But on one occasion, they thought it would be really funny to invade Munich Cathedral at midnight mass, topless. You know, mount the sanctuary, jump on the altar with "I am God" painted on their breasts thrusting their breasts into the faces of little altar boys and things like that. Now, that, of course, was sexual abuse. It was sexual assault, but it was not treated that way. Uh, Those children were really quite traumatised. But they really showed themselves who they really were, that they did that. There was also uh, a so-called pro-choice group who had a snatch baby Jesus from the manger protest one year, literally... They were supposed to go into churches and civic centers and anywhere where there was a nativity scene and steal and destroy the, the dolly of the, you know, the, the, the model of the baby Jesus. Which kind of sums up the sort of people they are, really. So in some ways, you know, I really, really hope there are no protests and no disruption today, Jacqueline. If there are, it will simply reinforce to the children in the play the sort of people they're dealing with. Maggie that is so beautiful. I remember you posting pictures of this last year. It's still one of my favorite houses in New Orleans. They do this to their oaks every year. Literally the oak trees, the branches are covered in lights. It's it's it's, a, it's almost it's it's a haunting kind of look. It looks it really does look like a winter wonderland. It's absolutely beautiful. Um and Jacqueline said guess we'll be celebrating our 38th anniversary after Christmas at this point. <laughs> um Philip's saying, that's a very ambitious play, Jacqueline. It, it is. I mean, it, I don't know who's, whose brainchild it was, but yes, I really do hope hope everything will be peaceful. Ashley saying, those would make great Jesse trees. Maggie, they would, wouldn't they? <clears throat> Jacqueline is saying, when the soldiers come out and throw the babies into the Nile, it's pretty rough. The devil appears multiple times as well as death. At the end, Mary is crowned after she steps on the devil's head and sends him away. Not your average Christmas play. Wow. Yes, just just uh, just incredible. Um, I mean, hard hitting for the kids. Are they have they been? I'm guessing they've been emotionally prepared for this. It's quite um, it's quite quite a message. Um, Ashley's asking, is this the first year your school has performed it? And Jacqueline's saying, no, um, second year. The entire first scene of the death of Abel is in Latin. Good grief, that's that's really impressive. Um, <clears throat> last year the high school has performed in it. This year we have so many new students. There are no more parts. So only the kindergarten through eighth graders are performing. The kindergarten was doing it in Latin. Wow. High school is helping. It's interesting to see how different it will be with younger students, Ashley's saying. Absolutely. Um, Jacqueline's saying, well, I've been watching it over and over and over again for the past three weeks. It's pretty good. Wow. Philip is saying, peaceful manger scene. Or two T-Rex fighting over a table saw. You know, it's one of those things where once you see it you can't unsee it. This is one of those nativity scenes which creates a kind of optical illusion where it does look like two dinosaurs. Joseph has got his hands raised in prayer as has Mary and somehow they, they, do, they do look like dinosaurs. There's, there's no way around it. The first thing I saw in fact were dinosaurs which is a pity. Um when when Christmas decorations are accidentally awful, it's almost a lot worse. Yes, Ashley's saying it took me some time to see the two T Rex, but now I see it. And Ashley, you will never stop seeing that now. Um, oh, Jacqueline saying the final appearance of Mary is Our Lady of Lalech. Okay, a priest wrote it. Wow. Um Ashley saying, Oh, I love that. Perfect for a hmm? Leche, sorry. Leche, I thought it was French, sorry. Of la leche, okay. I love that. Perfect for a Florida Catholic play. Uh, Philip is asking, can we get a video of this? Sell it in the trading post. I'm guessing maybe you can't if it's got children in it. I don't know what the, what the data handling rules are um, in the US, but there we are. I'm guessing there will be a video for the parents, though. There usually is. Um, we were also talking in the first segment about a teenage boy called Oscar who... Decided to be a Christmas elf. The field outside the nursing home where his mother works and he helps out in his spare time got flooded. So he decided to sail across the flood on his paddleboard with a sack of, he's dressed as an elf with a sack of Prezies and lots of chocolates. And he went and delivered them to the old people at the nursing home. It was really, really beautiful. It just, I don't know. It just warms my heart. And the guardian newspaper has a whole list of ways to not have a disastrous Christmas. Most of this strikes me <clears throat> as pretty obvious. Um, For example, not stuffing yourself like a turkey. When it comes to Christmas, eating is a marathon, not a sprint. Think of what you're eating over the whole day, not just an individual meal. British Heart Foundation has said a one-off celebration meal probably won't make any difference to your health in the grand scheme of things. So enjoy it. However, if you're having a few, try to scale back what you're eating in your other meals. So if you have the situation where you've got your Christmas dinner with your family on Christmas Day, but oh, you've also got another meal uh, late on Christmas Eve and you've got a Boxing Day gammon in the oven with somebody else and you've then got your Christmas work party and you're also going to be having a Christmas dinner. If you know you're going to be having five or six big feasts, just maybe fast a little bit between. I think that is really what the British Heart Foundation is suggesting. Reminding you also that it takes about 20 minutes for your brain to catch up with your stomach and make you feel full. So perhaps build in a pause, even for a walk or a game, between your main course and pudding. Well, that's interesting because we always have a little pause between our main course and our pudding, even at our family dinners You know, on a normal day for exactly this reason it gives you a bit of time usually the children will shower and get into their pajamas and things like that while i'm clearing away the first course and then by the time they have their pudding they they know how much space they've got just a little idea it was because i used to find the children when it got, by the time it got to pudding would be saying well, actually i'm already quite full so it's it's a nice idea um Jacqueline is saying, yeah, can't sell the video. Do have a copy of last year's, but it's a private link. Yes, I'm guessing in the States you have something similar. Over here, you have to be really, really careful about still images and video images of children. Um, We have to, um, even with things like ice skating at every competition, because they have to film the children skating, uh, not necessarily for circulation, but because... Uh, the judges sometimes need to look at certain elements in slow motion. So they need to play back the film and watch. You know whether they've got the right number of revs, whether they've got the landing exactly right on the right edge. They do have to film. So we have to fill out forms saying that we give consent. Um. <clears throat> so yes, it's it's a it's a tricky one, and I can see why they are very careful. Um, they had to introduce a, um a, like a wristband system at a competition last year because some random man went in and started filming girls in pretty dresses you know it was it, yes it could be a bit it can be a bit um problematic should we say Ashley is saying how could they be full their dessert pipe is empty what i used to say as a child my dessert pipe is empty i'm sure i remember saying something similar like no i'm not, I'm not hungry for my for my cottage pie but i am really hungry for the cake I'm really hungry for that cake and custard, but I'm not, I'm not hungry for that. You know d- There definitely was a difference. Um, <laughs> my, my dessert pipe is I don't know, it sounds a bit more refined somehow. But yes, pace yourself. Pace your food. Yes, yes, yes. All right. We can all do that, surely. Next, cleanliness is next to healthiness. Want to avoid food poisoning. For goodness sake, make sure you're cooking properly. One of the major problems we have in this country is that there was a time when having your roast dinner on Sunday was a big deal. You know, roast chicken or a leg of lamb or, I mean, people say that, but actually most people couldn't afford a leg of lamb every week. But the idea was, you know, you had usually a roast chicken on Sunday. And then you use the leftovers from the Sunday roast uh, in food for the rest of the week, making bubble and squeak and things like that. But of course, it didn't mean that people were used to cooking whole chickens and things like that. Now, with fewer people doing the whole Sunday roast, you get awful cases of food poisoning every Christmas where people just do not know how to, to cook a turkey properly. So it's warning you, just be careful You know, just give yourself plenty of time. Work out how much time each dish needs. Um, Make sure you remember to wash your hands. This may seem like something very obvious, but people do in fact forget to wash their hands between handling, say, raw meat and vegetables. Just for goodness sake, don't make a mistake like that. Oh here we oh look. Um, Jacqueline has some photographs, a link to photographs in the chat room from last year's Christmas play. Um, Those yes, these are pictures from last year. Philip saying it sounds like an amazing production. It'd be nice if you could get parents' consent um, in distributing as a fundraiser for the school, and uh, actually complimenting the costumes. Yes, I mean there are. I'm trying to I'm trying to think whether. You know, I don't think I can think of a situation where any school play or concert my children ever took part in was ever sold. You know, the videos would be made available to parents, but we were told this is for your private viewing. And particularly we were warned, you know, do not put pictures of other people's children on social media platforms because somebody did it every year and there was always an argument. Um, Okay, here's the big one. Drum roll. How to avoid the big Christmas argument? The trick is to prepare yourself. There we go. You're going into a Christmas function with family, put some safety mechanisms in place. So if you know a relative is going to do something that annoys you or upsets you, Have your strategy ready if it's counting to ten, changing the subject, reminding yourself of that person's perspective or leaving the room. Know what to do. If you know your brother will say something horrible at lunch, for example, think about it in advance. Tell yourself he's unhappy. It's about him, not you. Practice the phrases you're going to use, such as, I love you, I don't want to argue, today is Christmas, it's a beautiful day. Let's park this and we can come back to this on another occasion. Things like that. <clears throat> Embrace the outdoors. One of the things that tends to happen at Christmas is cabin fever. People don't leave their house I mean, I suppose going to midnight mass and things like that, you know, we do at least have reasons to get out. But people do tend to get a bit on top of one another over Christmas because everyone's sort of stuck in the same house. So the advice being given is embrace the outdoors. Have a nice walk, even if it's cold. Have a nice walk. It's fairly common in this country to have Boxing Day sports. And if you don't do sports like that, and I certainly don't, having a Boxing Day walk even if it's going around the park or something. And it can be quite nice, particularly if a child's been given new Wellington boots or a new coat or scarves and hats and things like that. It's kind of nice to give a, a reason to try it all out. Um, I'm not so sure I like things like try to be your own best friend. Think of you. However, I suppose this is quite important For many people, Christmas is a difficult time of year, and for many, it is lonely. Um, Someone just the other day phoned me up and said they suddenly realised that someone from their parish is going to be alone for Christmas, so they're phoning him up and inviting him over for dinner, which is lovely. Um, But she realised, in fact, that in a previous conversation, he'd sort of been hinting that he was going to be alone, but didn't want to say, I can't bear the idea of being alone this Christmas. So... It can be very difficult. And so working out if you're going to be alone at Christmas, one of the things that is suggested is try to avoid comparisons with the Christmas you see in adverts and social media. They do not reflect reality. Take breaks from social media. Remind yourself it doesn't last forever. Um, You know, read a book, watch a film. To be quite honest, I think disconnecting from social media images of daily life is a good idea anyway. No one's life is ever as perfect as they say it is on social media. Um, don't drink too much, really? Yeah, I think um, I think we probably know. Is that one of those kind of stating the obvious? Um, apparently there are a lot of accidents at Christmas. People cutting themselves, burning themselves, particularly in the kitchen, starting fires. Um, so <clears throat> don't get too tipsy, and if anyone does get tipsy, to keep them away from sharp, hot, spiky and smashable things um oh hang on Um, Jacqueline is saying I still have tickets Ashley if you want to come over and watch uh, it's only two hours away, we did that to go have dinner with Rick Ashley's uh, saying I wish I could come but I wouldn't be able to convince my husband to make that drive Ah. That's always the difficulty. So, when, when you really say it's only two hours away for me, two hours seems like a very long way to go. But I realise in US terms that's nothing, is it? That's like five minutes round the corner. Um, but it's it's less than that to get to my parents. I'm thinking, oh, I've got such a long drive—an hour and a half in the car over Christmas, an hour and a half driving. Oh gosh, I'm not, I'm not sure I'm up to it really. Um, It is two minutes past the hour. You're listening to The Early Show with your hostess, Fiorella de Maria. If you've missed the show so far, never fear. You can get the whole of The Early Show as a podcast, same day, from CrusadeMax.com. And we are talking about Christmas elves and how to avoid things going disastrously wrong at Christmas. Um, Accidents are really common at Christmas, apparently largely because people tend to drink too much. Jacqueline saying people falling off ladders or was that Easter? Um, well, you do get you do get accidents like that. That tends to be when people are putting up their decorations. Um, you also, and this isn't really talked about uh, in this article. Every year over here, there are fires either from people leaving naked flames unattended. Um, I'm absolutely guilty of this. We, I did set a, 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 my advent calendar, not my advent calendar, my advent wreath on fam, fire one year. Um, but it's, it's a time of year when people do tend to light candles um, and it can go disastrously wrong. We also have the great British tradition of the Christmas pudding over here where you soak a Christmas pudding in brandy and set fire to it. And you have a great big alcohol-soaked flame ball and almost inevitably, occasionally it catches the tablecloth. So you do get accidents like that. You also do get accidents of people, yes, falling off ladders when they're putting up their decorations or dealing with the tree. Not so frequently now electrocuting themselves just because wiring tends to be a lot safer. But it was always that that fear um, in the past when electric lights were just a little bit less safe, um, that, you know, when people were, Putting the, putting the lights on the Christmas tree, people electrocuting themselves. So, yes, you do get accidents. Also, it comes back to if you're not used to a high level of very intensive cooking, having to chop things and flash fry things and all of the rest, it's almost asking for something to go wrong, particularly if, as you have in our kitchen, there's quite a few people in the kitchen. You know, the chances of knocking into someone or spilling something, you can imagine. Um Philip is saying I'm still aggravated over an argument at Thanksgiving I blame it on being sober at the time well this is the problem because it doesn't take very much for there to be a blazing row and it's unpleasant and it's pointless and it does it does leave you with that bad memory so i think the idea of having a response ready sounds like it sounds like common sense we don't agree on this one we will argue i think it's probably better if we just maybe move the conversation on at this point, we can talk about it another time. You know, there's ways of dealing with it. A friend told me some time ago that some very divisive issue came up at a at a family meal, and she said something very similar. She said, "Look, we are never going to agree about this. We are not going to agree. So, please, could we just move the conversation on? It will simply end in you being upset and me being upset." And that's not really what we want here, is it? Um, There are certainly ways of doing it. Um, Jacqueline saying burning barns down. Sorry, picking on a fellow crusader. Okay, who burnt their barn down? I need to know. This is too funny. Actually, well, I'm assuming nobody got hurt. Please tell me nobody got hurt, and then it'll be funny. Okay. Yeah. Avoiding those accidents. I'm actually a little bit nervous of inflatables because I have known there to be fires started by inflatables. I don't know. Hang on. Sorry. Cough coming. Excuse me a minute. Assuming I don't die before Christmas Day. I feel like I'm dying when I start coughing. I've heard there's a lot of it about. Um, Fortunately, all my family have had COVID this year, including my parents. So um, we can all go and cough around the dinner table together. Uh, Maggie saying, no one was injured. Our dear farmer Brian Koch did burn his barn down. He also fell off a ladder too, if memory serves. LOL. Oh, that's awful. It never rains, it pours. Well, actually, I do. <laughs> laugh about it now. It was not funny at the time. The vicar of our local Anglican parish, lovely man, um, injured himself fairly spectacularly involving Christmas decorations because he... He'd gone into the loft, into the attic, to get the Christmas decorations down from their boxes. That's where people tend to store their Christmas decorations during the year. They go, up, they go up there, don't they? But of course, I don't know what your understanding of an attic is, or a loft. Do you use the word loft as well? Yeah. In Britain, not all <clears throat> not all houses have them properly bordered. Um, sometimes they're just sort of empty spaces, and they have this sort of insulation stuff to to stop heat being lost out of the roof. But you have to remember only to walk on the boarded bits, not on the fluffy insulation, which is just fluff on top of plaster. There isn't much to hold your weight. And he either had a funny five minutes and forgot or he fell, but he went crashing through the ceiling. Fortunately, he landed on the landing So he I think only broke his ankle, poor man, just before the Christmas services, can you imagine? If he'd fallen about six inches to the right, he would have fallen down the stairwell. And it would have been a considerably worse outcome for him. And I still have sort of visions of him you know, I didn't see it, but it's from the way his wife described it of him descending through the ceiling all of a sudden. Yeah, you don't you don't want that to happen. Uh, Maggie saying we have issues with ladders in this community because Brian wasn't the only one. OK, so you're you're a, you're a community of ladder fallers, are you? Dear, oh, dear. Um, Jacqueline saying, yeah, especially now that you have a brand new letter that King dude built without using any nails. A brand new ladder that he built without using any nails. Of course, you have you have a ladder nativity, don't you? This could go terribly wrong. Well, we had a situation where I mean, um, fortunately, I didn't witness this during lockdown. My mother was having her lockdown walk and she walked down the road in time to see the parish priest fall off a ladder outside the church. I don't know what he was doing. Uh, he fell head first onto the concrete and uh, she said, That was frightening. He was okay, a bit concussed, uh, but he, he survived the, the event. But seeing somebody fall from a distance is quite frightening. Um, I don't like ladders myself, to be quite honest, but then um, I have vertigo, so I don't. I don't really climb up high places. It, it's asking to go horrendously wrong. So anyone who is going to be going up and down ladders this Christmas, please, please, please be careful. My mother was telling me a story. I've got to, I've got to say this because it, this was such a sweet Christmas story. We were talking about, you know, Father Christmas and Santa Claus and all the rest. And at what point do you tell children or do children tend to find out that uh, it's a story? And I admitted that I never actually believed in Father Christmas, really, because we didn't have a chimney. Our first house in England did not have a chimney. And all the story said he came down the chimney with the presents. And if there was no chimney, I couldn't see how it could work. She said she never had any trouble as a child believing in Father Christmas or Santa because her father was in the RAF, the Royal Air Force. As Malta was a colony at the time. And she said that at Christmas time, there would be a, they would organize a big party for the children of all the forces families um, at the airfield and she said it was a proper 1950s party you know jelly and ice cream and Christmas cake and mince pies the lot it was all their Christmas crackers and given that it was a time of huge austerity someone like Malta this was a big treat. And then they'd hear the chopper 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 noise of the helicopter, the army helicopter overhead. And somebody would call, Father Christmas is coming. And all the children would run outside to guide Father Christmas and to wave the helicopter down uh, just in case he missed them. And the helicopter would land safely. away from the children and father Christmas in his red with his big white beard would appear with a helicopter full of presents and all their names would be called individually. And she said, it was great. He mispronounced all the Maltese names, but that was okay because they knew father Christmas was English. So that was all right. And they'd go and they'd get their presents. And so for her seeing father Christmas turn up in a helicopter, no sleigh, no flying reindeer and all that rubbish in a helicopter every year it made perfect sense and she said she kept on believing in the chap in red for really quite a long time because it was very convincing can you imagine how exciting that'd be as a child seeing you know saint nick turning up in a helicopter with prezies <clears throat> CRTO, well, good morning, fellow Crusaders. JT, hope you have honey and lemon or elderberry syrup. Oh, elderberry syrup sounds good. I will have some honey and lemon um, when I finish. That's, that's my remedy for anything throat-related. <clears> throat> CRTO, well, yes, ladders are bad. Had to climb up a high one to decorate the tree for church yesterday. Yeah, I don't know, just don't like them. Don't like ladders. My father fell off a ladder once, but it wasn't so much that he fell off the ladder, it's the ladder collapsed. No comment. It actually collapsed from under him. And he grabbed wildly for something to hold himself, sort of grabbed a beam, did something awful to his arm in the process before falling. Um, So, yes, it was it was not a, a good moment. Maggie saying, I was pretty sheltered as a child. I believed in Santa until I was at junior high. When I found out it was only because a friend told me, I was crazy for still thinking Santa was real. Came home in tears, asked my mother, and she finally said, Yes, honey, Santa isn't. That- oh, they told me the story of St. Nicholas, but then crushed me again by saying, She was responsible for the gifts under the tree! Do you know what annoyed my children the most? It wasn't that realising that I put the gifts under the tree because they kind of twigged that one fairly early it's that the tradition is to put a glass of sherry and a mince pie under the tree for Father Christmas he would be so drunk if he drank every single glass of sherry under every tree in England but anyway and that's what we did and it was when Nicholas sort of twigged that it wasn't real it was the look of accusation he gave me it's, and you drink the sherry under the tree don't you Uh, Yes, yes, it is me. And and you eat the mince pie. I might. Oh dear, this did not go down well at all. I tried telling my children the story of St. Nicholas so they know that it's... it's based on something real, but they weren't, you know, they're not stupid. As, I, as soon as I started saying, oh, there's this guy, I've got St. Nicholas, and he was a bishop, which is why he's in red, and all of the rest, and Father Christmas, Santa Claus, you know, Santa Claus, can you see, comes from St. Nicholas, um, and they just sort of looked at me, and it was like, uh, the, the, the bloke in the, the red with the big beard and the reindeer. That one, is he real? um yes i I said i'd never lie to my children so i didn't but oh gosh they did work it out they also worked out the tooth fairy very early but they still wanted a coin under their pillow every time they lost a tooth mike are you there oh well would you like to do some cross talk maggie no maggie would not like to (laughs) no no go go let's have a chat what did you do when you discovered that father christmas wasn't real No, she doesn't want to talk. Did anyone else have a crushing experience when you realised that Santa wasn't real? Did any of you react that way? Never having had this massive crisis, I'm sort of curious to know. Um, Dolberger saying, glass of sherry? All I ever got was milk. I'm moving to England. Oh, yes, that was the tradition. You put a little glass of sherry and a mince pie and sometimes a carrot for the reindeer. I didn't eat the carrot. That just went back in the vegetable box. Um, but Francesca said she realised quite quickly that I was drinking the glass of sherry uh, because she'd see the empty glass, you know, by the sink usually. Uh, but no, this this caused uproar from other members of the family when I admitted this. Um, Mikey said, my children's Christmas lists look like they still believe in Santa. <laughs> I will admit that I kept pretending I believed in Father Christmas, Many years after I'd worked it out, which was at about the age of four, because I thought I wouldn't get any presents if I didn't. Even though I knew perfectly well my parents were putting those presies there, I I sort of hedged my bets with that one. I was a devious little so-and-so. My children still do Christmas lists. It makes it a lot easier. But I don't know. I'm getting to the stage with my children where sometimes gift cards... Work better, but I like them to have something to open under the tree. There's something magical about unwrapping the paper, isn't there? Um, funnily enough, I'm given that I'm I'm the sort of temperamental Latin, and my husband is the terribly phlegmatic Englishman. Um, I think he is a lot more careful about things like you know keeping it a secret and all of the rest than I am. One year, I asked if I could have a slow cooker for Christmas, what I think you call a crockpot, yeah, and it arrived while he was out and i opened it and i was just taking it out and trying it out and things like that. and he came back and went hang on a second that's supposed to be a christmas present i went well it's all right i did ask for it and he went no put it back in the box so he insisted i put it back in the box and then he wrapped it what was that big crash is that Mike fainting at the microphone ah nasty squeaky noises hello are you there I think Mike has electrocuted himself. There was a big crash and a sort of sparky noise and no answer at all from the other end. So could we just pray that Mike's okay? Um, ah, It's not me. Again.
2: What is that? Something horrible has happened here with our sound system.
0: Yes, I feel like you're, you're sort of... There's a sort of big shrieky noise. You're fine. I can hear you perfectly. Hello. No,
2: there's a speaker on somewhere that's feeding back, and I don't know where it is. In any event, that <laughs> was very Scroogey of you to open a Christmas gift.
0: What is it? I didn't realise what it was initially, but because it came in a big, yeah, sort of Amazon-style parcel, and I opened it up. And, oh, it's my slingsucker! And I went, oh, what are you doing? Put it back. <laughs>
2: I would have said the same thing. What are you doing? Uh, I would have taken it back.
0: Oh, I don't know. My, my husband uh, is nice like that. He, he forgave me for ruining the surprise, which wasn't a surprise because I knew he was getting me that for Christmas. Gosh, what in the world?
2: Hold on. I'll be back in a minute.
0: Yeah, don't worry. Okay, we have a little. We have yes kai postman it's gremlins um maybe maybe it's the maybe it's the grinch maybe it's the grinch doing something to the wiring there we are but at least we know that mike is alive i think that's the important thing surely um while we're waiting for um (laughs) while we're waiting for mike to return to the microphone i gather it is national flashlight day Um, i think that's what we call a torch over here. What are you supposed to do on National Flashlight Day? Sort switch your flashlight on and sort of send lighty signals through the windows or something. And what, how do you celebrate that exactly? National Yule Day. Okay, I guess you can make yourself a Yule log or something. That would kind of make sense. Um yeah, it's definitely the Grinch. Definitely the Grinch. Um, tell me what to do with uh, flashlights and to- torches, sorry, I've got to a torch. Torches are really useful things there, particularly when we have a power cut. Which we used to have all the time. Um, yes, walk around outside with a flashlight. Well, hi, postman. I suppose there are worse things you could do on the night of the winter solstice. The only thing I like about this particular day, the winter solstice, is that it is the shortest day. The nights start to get lighter from now.
2: Okay, I figured out what was wrong. What happened? Uh, <laughs> it's so stupid; it's not even worth mentioning. But I, uh, oh. but I will. The rubber tip on the earbud on one of my earbuds fell off. Mm. And so that's what insulates the sound that goes directly into my noggin from being broadcast out. So So market? my left ear was broadcasting like a little speaker right in front of the microphone and of course the microphone was doing what it's supposed to do. It picked it up and it caused a feedback loop and there we go. Oh, Whereas okay. you would say there we are. There we are.
0: Yes. <laughs> there
2: we are. <laughs> there we are. So there we are. There's a house down the street from here. I tried to take a picture of it the other day. It didn't come out very well. Uh, this guy should win the worst Christmas decoration contest in the history of Earth.
0: Right.
2: Now I've
0: got to see this. I have it.
2: I'll send it to Maggie. She could try to put it in the chat room. It it it. The the picture doesn't do uh, signal or chat. Signal. It doesn't do the the horror of this thing uh, justice because—hold on, I have to put it into the right group. Um, He has an inflatable pair of dragons, okay? Mm -hmm. I don't know what dragons have to do (laughs) with Christmas. He has Mm -hmm. an inflatable dog elf that has one of his eyes blackened out. Ooh. Oh, it's horrible. He has a christmas tree that's blue. Uh, you can't see the one that's laying down but that is on the lawn because the wind blew it over. But that is some sort of a gnome.
0: Okay, I'm just looking for the, hang on. I sent it, it to you. you. No, no, I'm looking. I'm looking hang on
2: um wait, wait hold on i had to hit the uh the send button signal does this to me along, all the time yeah. yeah it does <laughs> help a lot um it, it, so when i walked past it because i went through the other and i went you know i haven't been on the other street to see if they have any terrible decorations and when i got it was the first this was the first house i got to i went up nope, he wins <laughs> okay i've got to see this there it is that's
0: Lilo oh here we go stitch. stitch whoa it's stitch, isn't it? Yes, it's like from. Little okay, little the,
2: the 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 contraption that's laying down. Okay, the, I don't know what the thing that's laying down there is. Some sort of a gnome-looking duck with a wreath, but the thing that, to the left of uh, mm-hmm. the Christmas tree, or the uh, you can see they're right there. That that's a pair of dragons. Right. Those are little dragons there. You can't see what that is it, it, in any yeah. event, I thought it was awful.
0: <laughs> it's it's pretty horrible to be quite honest. Yeah, it, I don't know what the point of
2: a blue tree is. Yeah, I don't know what a, what the point of a blue tree is, unless you're trying to recreate the Grinch mm-hmm. that stole Christmas. Because, <laughs> well, you know what? It's a it's a it's a Merry Christmas, Charlie Brown. There was a blue tree in that lot. There was. Yes. Do you
0: have the Do you have the Christmas jumper, Christmas sweater thing?
2: What's a Christmas yeah. jumper? You,
0: you have a sweater? You know, <laughs> where people have have Christmas themed knitwear.
2: <laughs> so people have parties where you're supposed to wear Christmas sweaters.
0: Yeah and you we we talk at christmas jumper day and things like
2: that. Yes, yeah, so one year uh Ryan, uh Ryan Reynolds and Hugh Jackman were going to the same christmas party and Ryan Reynolds told Hugh Jackman the theme of the party is wear the ugliest christmas sweater you can find. And Hugh yeah. Jackman bought bought it hook line and sinker so he brought he he went and found an awful <laughs> an awful christmas sweater and, of course, he showed up at the party and Ryan Reynolds had completely punked him because that wasn't the theme of the party. And everybody was making fun of Hugh Jackman for his oh, choice of that's sweater. that's horrible. <laughs> i, I thought
0: that's a really awful prank to, to play on people at parties. That's like what happens in them. Um, have you seen the film Legally Blonde?
2: Golly, 20 years ago?
0: Yeah. Well, you know that time when she gets invited to a party, which is at Harvard Law School. And they say, "Oh, it's a costume party. The more outrageous, the better." And so she turns up dressed up as a bunny girl, um, and everyone else is in, you know, their black tie, and their tuxedos, and cocktail
1: dresses. And she's dressed up as bunny, and,
0: and it, it is really, really funny because she does look like the resident stripper It's, is it's just.
2: But you, you really feel for her as well. I think that's a rotten thing to
0: do. Are
2: there such things as stripper grams?
0: I don't think anymore. I think it was a sort of 70s and 80s thing.
2: Well, it used to be because the, the person would show up at, 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 a, at a party, a birthday party or whatever for yeah. a guy or a gal. It wouldn't matter. Uh, with the appropriate sex and then would do the stripper gram, right? you Would, would, yeah. would, was, would was, perform it was violent, the act.
0: Yeah, it, it was a vile tradition. I'm quite glad that that slips out. There's, um, there's a sitcom over here, Only Fools and Horses, and there's an episode where that happens. Um, and then, and it, it goes disastrously, embarrassingly wrong, should we say? But that was obviously because that was filmed in the eighties. That was obviously when it was at its height. Yeah, not, not, a, not a nice tradition, though.
2: So, uh, the your Christmas tree uh, has presents for all your children under it.
0: It will do, yes.
2: Okay, Oh, it will.
0: Yeah, well, because we're we're, um, we're spending Christmas with my my family, so.
2: Okay, well, Maggie, uh, did you put a picture in the chat room to show everyone your nativity scene? I did the other day. I well, today is the day. Today, uh-huh. today is another day. Many people haven't seen it yet. So there's an article <laughs> at a website that we frequent called uh, thefederalist.com. All I want for Christmas is something that won't break immediately.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> well,
0: do you know that a third of all Christmas presents brought for children are never played with after Boxing Day?
2: Oh, I completely believe that. Mm. Once it's ripped out of the of the wrapping and it's uh, you know you, once it's the joy and the surprise of getting <laughs> there's <laughs> oh my goodness the picture oh, see, it wasn't Hugh Jackman he was the one who did the prank <laughs> well, I, I thought it was oh Hubie Hugh, Hugh Jackman pranked Ryan Reynolds oh yeah. I, I had it backwards okay <laughs> oh, he's, he's not
0: he's not doing the he's not he's not feeling the love is he look at that face <laughs> it's, it's a great Christmas jumper it's so funny.
2: Yeah, very, uh, very, uh, <laughs> that's very fun That sweater is hideous. It's horrible. It's so funny. It he must have had that made. It's so terrible.
0: <laughs> oh, no, I, I can imagine. I can imagine you could find that. that oh. I mean, I've seen, um, one of my children once had, a, had a, an Advent calendar Christmas jumper. Um, with all the little, with all the little windows. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can get pretty
2: inventive ones well I'll tell you a funny uh, uh, Christmas story when I was in my early 20s this is probably 1982 so, 81, 82, somewhere up in there um, I was I was living here in New, Wor- in New Orleans and most of my family w- remained in Virginia, Virginia Beach so um, uh, I decided I was going to go home for home for the holidays and and uh, believe it or not, the 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 cheapest way to fly back then was to fly actually on uh, Christmas Eve or Christmas Day. So mm-hmm. uh, I got a really late uh, late flight out of New Orleans. and got into uh, and into the airport in <laughs> Tidewater at nine o'clock or so, and uh, I was going. To, I was going to stay at my sister's house, and my sister was already at a Christmas party. Now I had never been to her. Uh, the the new uh, house that she lived in. You know what this is? 1987, 1988. Oh it was 19. I was off. 1980. I'm remembering now. So she she gives me an address. She goes, uh, we're having a party and we're not. Uh, I'm not able to, to get to the airport to get you, but uh, just take a cab. It's not that far, and uh, we'll we'll see you then. So she gave me the address. Mm-hmm. And I had the cab driver uh, drop me off and it was at a, it was at a, a duplex apartment house, which was correct. and because she was living in a duplex, a side by side, I don't know what you call them in England.
0: Um, Multifamily
2: <laughs> dwelling, one, uh, one house uh, one house but divided directly down the middle.
0: Oh, we just say it was divided.
2: Okay, divided. So, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> so I arrive at a divided house. Uh, there were cars parked outside. There was a party going on. So I'm like, okay, this is the place. So I get my <laughs> bag and everything, and the cab driver leaves, and I'm going to surprise my sister. So I go to the front door. I don't even knock, and I just walk in the front door, throw my bag in, it, and go, surprise, Merry Christmas. It's the wrong house. Yeah. <laughs> and the people like are just a- staring at me like, Huh? <laughs> and I go like, I think I'm not in the Mullins' house. <laughs> I could well, almost like watching
0: a sort of train crash happen in slow motion then. Yeah.
2: Well, luckily <laughs> for me, luckily for me, the woman or uh, the people whose house the party was at <laughs> the, where, where, where that I barged into were ac- actually uh, my sister was having a party and so was the, these people. So the people were, were going in between houses.
0: All right. So, so they, then I, I was, was so I around. was only
2: partially incorrect, but it was quite funny because none of my family members were there. They were all over at my sister's part of the, of the duplex. <laughs> oh well,
0: I'm sure. Did you did you end up striking a friendship with these? Oh, because I did. I did. Happened, I just yeah. went ahead
2: and moved in. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, well, I'm just gonna hang out with you guys. Then go tell Marlon and uh, David and, uh, and Mac that I'm next door. So that's kinda, I just should... kind of roll with the punch.
0: I'm sure something like that happens in that in that film where that American family win the European holiday.
2: Yes, uh, in European in Vacation.
0: Yeah, when they go to Germany to see what they think of their long-lost family. Yes. They get the wrong door
2: number. Well, you don't find out until after they leave when they slam the door and the nine, uh, the six or the nine, uh, which is nailed at the top flips and shows that it's 6.10 and not
0: 9.10. No, you, you see it when they go in, but they don't see it, so they never know. Ah, okay, all right. <laughs> so the big joke is you when you're watching it, you know then they're, they're with complete strangers who have no connection with them at all and are not expecting them, um, but they never know.
2: Okay, so who wins the ugliest Christmas sweater in KY Postman's photo?
0: Um, let's have a look. Hang on. Um, oh, gosh.
2: You're Ooh, all hideous. <laughs> um, <laughs> I picked the llama. Um, the llama. Which one's the
0: llama? Which one's a the llama? One one one? All the,
2: right. the way to the what? right. It looks like a llama. It's a llama. Oh, with the sheep. sunglasses on. Is that what yeah, that is? With the on. red sunglasses? Yeah. I, I, uh, the, I was thinking the llama, too. Is that a llama? Yeah.
0: I, is it, I can't know. see if it's a llama. It's a, a Christmas a... llama? <laughs> is, it, is it a llama or a sheep? I can't see.
2: It, I think it's a sheep with a, with a spiky hairdo.
0: I thought oh, it was a sheep for myself. That's oh,
2: that's him. him. Dude, Kentucky Postman, you win. <laughs>
1: Sorry.
2: We, we are going. <laughs> yeah, 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 <laughs> yes, we are going to award him all the prizes that we have. Uh, <laughs> that sweater is awful.
0: Well, I told you, Mike, I told you one year I, I had a really awkward experience in my office. We're well, still doing an office job. It was we were having a Christmas jumper day, and um, I dressed up the whole, I dressed up as a Christmas tree, the whole thing. Oh that, no. You know, and I came bursting in, singing at the top of my voice, and you know, half the staff in the office hadn't even bothered with the jumpers. <laughs> they just looked at me. It was like you always have to go slightly too far, don't you? If you're alone. It's like, Yep, yeah, excuse us, <laughs> I'll just go home now, show myself out. Yeah, that was awkward. Well, people aren't going to enter into the spirit of it. I mean, really.
2: Well, so how is how is Francesca going to enjoy uh, Yorkshire pudding with a, with the giant gaping hole in the back of her mouth?
0: Four giant gaping oh, holes, to be precise. That yeah, poor um, child. Yes, it's going to be a bit, a bit tricky, but it should be by Christmas. I mean, she's still on soups and soft things at the moment, but you know, by Christmas, she should have got the hang of it. It'll have healed. And, you know, I was to
2: used to it, you know? I was told uh, um, many times I was told from how old is Fran- uh, how old is she? She's sixteen. Okay, I was told from the time I was probably eighteen, I wasn't still in school, so after that. uh, You need to have your wisdom teeth out, Uh, and I would always go, "Why?" And they go, "Because they're going to become a problem for you later in your life. They're already crowding this and that." And And I'm like, "They feel fine to me." And then it's go, "Well, uh, I suppose if you could live with them, but we're going to look at, we're going to keep an eye on them every six months or so." Well, that's been going on for forty years now. Right. So, Parker, right. so I, so I still have. Oh yes.
0: But well, fortunately, I Whatever. never had have my. I never had to have my wisdom teeth out because they embedded themselves in my jaw.
2: Yeah, well, okay. Mine partially. One. One of them partially came out. hmm So one of them you can only see like uh, three quarters of. It. You can't see the whole thing. Uh, But the other three are completely out. As a matter of fact, I think there's a filling in one of them. Uh, So I have maintained, I have fought off every dentist that wanted to yank my wisdom teeth out for 35, for 30. The last dentist I went to, I'm like, look, I've been hearing that story for 30 some odd years. It's not going to happen. Let's move on. (laughs) <laughs> right. Well, I
0: don't know this, this will make you uh, smile. The, the dentist uh, has a sense of humor, our dentist. And uh, when he'd taken out these two blood-dripping blood teeth on a tray, he said, did you want to keep them? And my daughter went, no. Um, and the dental nurse said, oh, well, you can keep them then, can't you, to the dentist. I said, you must have enough for a necklace by now. <laughs> I, thought going, I thought she was going to
2: faint. <laughs> you must have enough for a necklace. That's not something, well, you know what? I bet there are people that probably would wear they removed teeth around their neck as a necklace.
0: Well, this dentist reckoned he'd probably removed twenty thousand teeth in his his uh, lifetime. How many? He reckoned he'd probably done twenty thousand.
2: Twenty uh, thousand.
0: Yeah, in in his. I mean, he was. Probably about. I suppose he's about fifty, maybe.
2: I think that that's yeah. uh, that's a nightmare waiting to happen there. <laughs> uh, well, <laughs> well, before
0: well, he, knew, he knew what he was doing, then didn't
2: he? No. He sure did. Uh, let, let me give you the, uh, the the good news of the Merry Man and the Little Christmas contest. As we are going to do the drawing two hours from now at around eight thirty a.m., so we will pick a, a winner from um, each of the six categories. And um, we will actually ship those prizes out today. So uh, the grand total uh, was uh, 1,606 tickets sold. Great. 1,606.
0: Wow, that's great.
2: And the grand total, the goal for the amount of players was 200, because last year there were a total of 49 buyers
1: Mm-hmm.
2: This year, grand total now tabulated 214. So the goal that was 200 was eclipsed by 14 buyers, and the grand uh, total fundraising uh, is uh, uh, just around $14,000 US. So um, uh, thanks to all of you, a wonderful. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful Christmas Merry Manly fundraiser Uh And with all of those tickets The suspense will build The suspense will be mounting So uh, you have a don't know what the uh, What are the odds? Uh, 1,600 tickets and Six uh, six grand prizes I don't know what the odds are to actually win One of those things Uh, One in 800? That sounds like good odds to me um, it's better the odds than you get it winning the lottery.
0: Many better odds. I mean, I, I don't know why. I mean, the lottery is just a sort of... I mean, you, you don't do it expecting to win, do you?
2: No. Uh, well, it, it, it depends. <laughs> I know or people... Well, on, I you? know people that play, play the lottery every weekend. They pick a different... Person, they're going to give a third of it, or a quarter of it, to or whatever. If I win this week, I'm going to give it to such and such. I'm going to tell you. Um, mm-hmm. It's just uh, uh, the lottery is the uh, uh, is the most uh, I think ridiculous and pernicious of all regressive taxes. Uh, you it have almost a tax, it is yeah. a tax. You have no almost yeah. no chance of winning whatsoever. And yet, so many people will plunk the money down. But uh, um, uh, this isn't really a lottery. This is a um, uh, kind of—it's a raffle. It's a raffle. Yeah. It's what it is—a raffle. So, uh, guys, buckle in. Gals, buckle in. Uh, good luck. Uh, two hours from now, we will pick a Zvenner and yeah. uh, and we won't know who that is. Uh, it would be interesting to see if anyone wins multiple categories, because it is, is po- possible.
0: Is it possible? Is that possible to happen? Oh, absolutely.
2: Then? Yeah, if right. if you bought tickets in more than one category, you could win. You could win multiple times. And um,
0: so you, don't, you don't have to sort of give up a prize if you. No, you just you, know, you get to, you get to keep the prize. Yeah.
2: And eighteen, the final tally on Pay It Forward tickets is about twenty percent. So one out of every five, someone donated the ticket. So it was an almsgiving giving event from start to finish. And we'll find out in about two hours. And we shall see you for the uh, finale of the year tomorrow. Today's uh, O Antiphon is O Oriens. Uh, we'll play that on the way out. And uh, cheerio, and see you tomorrow. Abiento, ma- uh, Madame.
0: Abiento. It is now uh, thirty-eight minutes past the hour. It's been my absolute pleasure to bring you the early show all the way from a wet and cold England. Don't forget to write to me at fiorella at crusadechannel.com, and the chat room is open for your commentary at crusadechannel.com forward slash chat. I will now leave you with the King Dude Mike Church himself. You're listening to the Crusade Channel live talk radio the way it should be.
1: Magnificat anima mea Domino, ergo solta spiritus meus in deo salutari meo quiare vespexitum militate maran chaviles ues Et ce ex hoc beata medicentum nes generatiiones. We have aged me mania aquibot Et sanctum nomen inus. Et misericordiae usa progenieve vivin progenies. Timentibus eus. Fiji poten siam in brakihi osoho, dispersit supervusmente mente sovi, deposu vuit pote sevede, et exalta vi tumile, ezori and esi pedi vite sti din bisit inane soște piviti israel cu ever und so u recorda tus mizericordie isue siot nogo to se sa patres noa swos abramet semini helu sin sicula gloria va Et, vivilio, et spiritu vi Splendor lucis save et so all Veni, et tilumi, na, seve, in eve,